episode 21, Brent Oakley, CEO of Vibonomics. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science, where we are locking arms with leaders across the nation every week to help solve one of the most complex issues in business today, getting our employees to stay and stay because they love their work. That's a loaded task, and it takes a lot of time and energy to get this level of employee buy-in and commitment. And 2018 statistics say that 67% of business decision makers report significantly more concern about turnover in their organizations now than 12 months ago. So we're going to unlock some new strategies and ideas on today's show that you can try right away to overcome this rampant concern. Today, I'm going to pick the brain of a serial entrepreneur and all-around positive and joyful leader, Brent Oakley. Brent got in the game of entrepreneurship in 2012 and since then has launched a variety of successful companies. His core is passion and true joy for connecting and helping people, and he infuses it into the all of the cultures that he leads. So I'm really excited to learn from Brent today and share the show with you. We'll dive right in, but first let's hear a quick message from our sponsor. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. All right, so let's roll. It's going to be fun learning from a serial entrepreneur today, a CEO leading many companies and teams from a franchise car wash organization with team members at the front lines and dispersed in various locations to a professional services firm in more of the today's open concept office setting. So I'm intrigued to learn how the consistent theme of empowerment has been a common best practice and where he gives most of the emphasis for his leadership success. Brent Oakley, welcome to the show. We're going to dive right in because these shows always go so fast. So here's my first question. All right, Brent, our theme today is empowerment, which is your jam. How do you define empowerment and what does it mean to empower employees? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Nikki. It's fun to to be on and talk about this. You know, every organization has different ways to go about building culture, building the business and empowering their employees. Uh, But I think that the common theme, no matter what you're building and what you're doing, is uh, to be a player's coach. And that's what I've always tried to do with my team. Um, The only way that people get better is to feel the ability not only to be empowered to do their job, but the empowerment comes from a place they need to learn. They need to want to read books and and. Uh, educate themselves and grow every single day. And the empowerment comes from 
not empowering you to do your job, but empowering you to uh, learn about the job and learn about the people who do the job better than you've done it and have peers and coaches and mentors. And that can happen outside of your organization. It can happen in your organization. But where I, where I focus on is I'm constantly bringing folks into my organization to speak, to educate, to motivate, and then me as the, the leader or of the organization, um, I focus on being the biggest cheerleader, not in what they're doing every day, but in the steps they're taking to do it better. And uh, that, that's how I empower my people. Love it. So give us an example. I know you run a number of different organizations, so you might want to give us a story or maybe two to illustrate in different environments what this looks like. But what does an, what does an empowered uh, employee look like? Yeah, so what we do here is we, we do have a, a book club, uh, and I know that sounds old school, and you know you, you think of book clubs as old, but we treat it much differently. So uh, we have a situation where they get to choose what they want to do with me. Uh, we have a wine and wine, if you'd like to drink wine and talk about uh, a book and what you've learned and how you've applied it, and you do that with a group. Um, we kind of do it around a social setting, and we do that on a weekly basis. We also have uh, another, you know, for, for those that don't want to drink, of course, we have other opportunities as well. But um, we do that and it's built a culture of everybody's excited to come in and lead the discussion and lead the group. So that, that's been a fun thing that we've started here at Vibonomics. The other thing that we did in the car wash industry is... You know, when you think about washing a car, some people might think it's very easy to, you know, you put water on a car, you take a rag and, and dry it off. Um, what people also don't understand is, you know, people are bringing in to us and trusting us with 50, 60, 70, $100,000 cars and investments that our customers have brought and trusted our employees with. And we talk about that every single day. So if you're a 17 year old kid that is learning how to be a good employee and learning how to figure things out, you know, what's important to them is you have to be able to take a step back to say, what is the, the bigger thing here, bigger than yourself that you're doing? And that is somebody has empowered you and trusted you to get into their car that they paid $70,000 for and move it around, take care of it. And when they leave here, you should want that customer almost as I am glad that I trusted this company and that employee with my vehicle and I want to come back again. So getting our, our younger folks to understand that was a big challenge. And I think we do a great job of doing that. And we do it through constant feedback, constant coaching, prizes, and, and things like that, that I think that people like to know that they're, they're doing. Any tips when it comes to, especially like, I think this applies most in the car wash industry as an example empowering the leaders to be able to model what you as the CEO have as a vision, like with empowerment or with having multiple locations, just how to get all of these leaders or all the employees kind of on that same emphasis. Any tips or how are you doing that? Yeah, I always have been, you know, think you're bigger than you are and act bigger than you are. Um, you know, we are just uh, uh, at Vibonomics. I'm a startup technology company, but we tend to walk with a little bit of swagger here with my executive team and my folks here. Like we are um, a bigger company than we are. And, and we have that, that thought about us. Um, I think that's important. And it's not necessarily that you are lying to yourself or, or not being realistic about who you are. I think it's just, if you're always 
thinking about who you want to be, you're taking the right steps to get there. So if we think that we are a Fortune 100 company and we're going to act that way, we're always taking the right steps to, to get there. And you know, even though we were a small car wash operation, we always took the steps as we are going to be a big deal across the country. We're going to be, we'll eventually have thousands of car washes across the United States. And what's it going to take to manage an organization like that with thousands of employees and millions of dollars in brick and mortar businesses across the United States? And because we always thought in those terms and my entire executive team was led to talk and, and speak in those terms, we started laying the playbooks out and everything that we do with that big idea in mind at all times. So I always think as a leader, it's okay to talk big picture and to act bigger than you are. I think that's a very important thing to do, even when you're young. I love that. It takes me back to like the Jack Canfield's act as if, you know, and what does it feel like to be there and, you know, just really living out that story in advance. That's so cool. You know, our topic today is empowerment. Who modeled that players coach mentality or, or behavior? Can you share a little bit about how that became like a theme to you? Was it a certain mentor in your life or where did that come from? Not everybody on my teams are sports fanatics like I am, but you know I, I did get to have an opportunity to play uh, college athletics, and most of my growing up life and learning was through the um, athletic field or court, one or the other, and uh, some of the most amazing coaches. And, and if you truly, I try to read as many um, business books as I can, but more importantly, I also mix in a lot of coaching books as well. And the reason that I love those so much is it's no different. When you think about the general manager of a professional football organization, you know, their job is to find the right people, put them in the right places, and then get out of their way and let the head coaches coach and let the players play. And that GM needs to be there along the way, just kind of being the, the the manager that pushes things forward. I try to realize that in my role. Sometimes the CEOs, you want to get in and do what your strengths are. Mine happens to be selling. So I, I you know, I always want to engage into the selling process. And sometimes I got to remind myself that I've, I have a team to do that and they're doing a great job doing it. I just need to support them. I've had many managers uh, that have not done that for me. And I've been able to learn as much from that as the great ones that I've had that I've followed and, and seen. Uh, one of my best mentors that I'd ever had was when I was very young in college, I started working for a lady that was an LPGA professional. She owned a golf shop at Purdue University. And she empowered me and trusted me. I was studying technology at Purdue, and she asked me if I could build out a, an inventory system for her. She really struggled to have uh, an inventory and know what she made and didn't make. And long story short of that is she would completely trust me. And you know, we're talking probably close to $10 million of in inventory that she wanted me to build out this, this process for. Um, what was amazing about it is here I am, a young 19, 20 year old kid. And she's has empowered me to do this. And I made so many mistakes in that. And her constant encouragement, and it's okay, and we'll figure this out. It made me want to get it right for her to a point where I would stay up all night working on this, not even getting paid for it, because I was an hourly employee, and I'd only clock in. But it, it taught me that she made me go above and beyond because it wasn't about the paycheck then. It was about me just not wanting to let her down. 
that really just showed me if, if you can truly support somebody and let them live up to their uh, true ability, uh, they're going to do it for you. One way or another, they will do it for you. And you don't have to talk about salary all the time and what we're paying you. And they just end up wanting to, to love what they're doing and wanting their player coach to be happy with them. So I've followed that, that thought process and I try to instill it every day. So, so much as part of empowerment and empowered culture is like the opposite of a toxic culture where a lot of like toxicity is around employees feeling like fearful. They can't speak up or there's maybe bullying going on or, you know, just different hierarchy that they just don't feel valued, all of those things. And empowerment is the complete opposite. And it's so much around belief in the individual and them being, you know, empowered to make their own decisions in times of, you know, challenges and um, just feeling that they can fail, you know, failure is huge. And, but I think it takes a lot as a leader to help just enable someone to feel like they can do that. And so I'd love to hear, I've got a couple questions around the failure stuff for you. I know you are just a big entrepreneur, big into risk-taking. I'd love to hear like, what is like a signature failure story in your career that like empowered you to new heights, something that stands out? Probably the very first business that I started, it was a uh, non-licensed, non-skilled in-home healthcare company that I started for senior living. We would basically go out and recruit pre-med students, nursing students, uh, anybody in that healthcare space that was still in school, and we'd put them in folks that, that needed help around the house, going to appointments, all of that good stuff. And um, the, the one thing that was interesting about that business is my heart was not in it. I, I saw it as a great opportunity to make a great living doing something like that. It was a, an entry level, um, a low capital entry level opportunity for me. So I went ahead and, and, and did it. And what I learned is no matter what the opportunity is, um, no matter how much money you can make at something or doing something, if you don't get passionate about it and you don't just somewhere in your soul love what you're doing, you ultimately will fail. Uh, and, and that might just be maybe the business doesn't fail, but you're failing in other things. You're failing in your happiness. You're failing in you know whether or not you're disciplined enough to do the things that are need to get done uh, because you just don't want to work for it that hard because you don't love what you're doing. I realized that, and that was one of the best things that I did because the, the business was successful. I, I sold it for more money than I, I had in it. Um, it provided a, a decent lifestyle, um, but I quickly was able to sell it. I learned a tremendous amount about business, but more importantly, I knew the next time I was going to spend this much time doing something, I better love it. And it turns out I do love cars. I do love a clean car. I am a clean person and um, there's a lot behind that. So I loved the car wash business. I also went to school for technology and I love software and, you know, I love music and I love marketing and that's everything that I'm doing now with Vibonomics. So the last two companies I've started have been out of either a need that I had um, and I loved, fell in love with it or just out of this has always been a passion of mine. So I want to be a part of it and it changes the way that you look at things. So no matter what you do, pick a business or pick a career that you absolutely love. Um, I know it's cliche, but truly it's, it's one of the most important things you can do for yourselves. So good. And so I've got kind of two paths that I want to get granular on for listeners that give us feedback on, okay, but how, how do you do these things? So this is what I'm going to dive into with you, Brent. Like 
one side of this is going to be on the embracing failure. And then the other side, we're going to dive into this passion and, and people engaging in their work because they've got that passion tied in. So on the failure side, if you have a culture right now, if you're a listener and have a culture right now where you feel like there's just not a lot of people that take risks, there's not a lot of people that feel like they can think outside the box and make decisions and they feel empowered to fail and they're not scared. How do you get started with that? Like, how do you start to set that tone as the CEO and any tips of things that you've done to be able to, I guess, disperse that message throughout many locations? Because that's another challenge for many of our leaders is they're like, yeah, I can do that in this office where I'm, you know, in most of the time, but we've got multiple offices with multiple leaders. How do you even get started down this path of having an organization that embraces failure? I think that the only way to do that is to start with yourself and ask yourself, what am I doing to make myself better? Do I have a business coach? Am I reading books? Am I all the things that I am preaching and talking about? And I want this great culture and this is how you do it. You need to quickly look at yourself to say, am I doing all these things? So one of the best things that I did is I hired a business coach for myself because you don't always see how your employees see you. You know, the, the CEO chair in itself it has such a power to it that you completely underestimate. And I certainly underestimated it. Um, you know, I just enjoy people. I enjoy walking around the conversations I have with them. Um, there, there's times that I've sat down with somebody, had a conversation, think it went, I thought it went well to, to hear from another employee that this person was in their office crying about something that I said in that moment. And that's, it's hurtful as a, a leader. And, and sometimes you're like, what, how did she take it like that? Or how did he take it that way? And, and really what happens is you just, somebody needs to kind of be doing a, a check on you every once in a while, because you're not able to do it yourself. So first and foremost, have a business coach, have somebody that can come in, kind of watch you in your element, talk to you about some of the, the challenges you're having, and you'll get different perspectives on that. But the, the next thing is make sure that you, all the culture stuff that you talk about, you better be living and breathing it yourself or uh, your, your people, you know, the, the first time you say it, they're going to believe it. You're the CEO and, and they like it. But after they watch you for a while, if you're not walking the walk, talking the talk, um, you will completely lose your credibility. And the, that is the number one culture thing that I think that I've seen happen amongst CEOs that talk the talk and then don't, don't live it out themselves. Let's break down on the other side. You were talking about your one of your greatest fa failure lessons being in you know one of your first business initiatives and finding that you've always got to have that passion. And I think for any individual that's going to be engaged in the work that they do, there's got to be a tie-in for some passion. Otherwise, it's just like they're they're going through the motions, which is seventy percent of the workforce in America are not in an engaged category with what they're doing. And the show is all about helping with new ideas of how do we unleash that? How do we help people want to show up and bring their greatest force? A very key part, I think, is having that passion connection. So how do you get feedback? What are ways that you really can gain insight on, especially in your, your managers, let alone all of your frontline employees, to understand, are they getting, are they feeling meaning in their work? Do you have any tips on how to get feedback so you really know what's going on and how they're feeling about the business to make sure that there's that, you know, that passion or if there's a gap in that? I think that the biggest thing is understanding the culture we live in today. 
where, where people react on, you know, in social media. And, and it's funny to kind of think about what Facebook, Twitter, some of these social media ha have made you do. And um, I always make the, the correlation between you can be having the worst day in the world. The kids are going crazy all around you and, and running. But when you take that Facebook picture, the one that you're going to post on the on the screen for all the world to see, everybody looks glorious and happy. So it's like this bubble that people have, have lived in. You kind of put that into the work environment a little bit is everybody needs to be seeing the good and what's really happening in the business at all times. So I do it with a lot of visual things. Uh, we have what's called our wildly important goal board up at all times. That's tracking numbers. It's tra tracking successes. We, we post things. You know, what we do as a company is we are a marketing company that delivers messaging to for all of our customers and branding and all of that. So we play music and messaging throughout our office. And we almost on a daily basis have new updates about different employees and what they're doing and great things that they're doing. And that plays throughout the day for everybody to hear. When we have new hires, anniversaries, birthdays, anything like that, it's constantly playing for them over our speakers throughout the day. So everybody kind of knows what everybody's doing. And it's like our own little social network. Uh, but that's that's really, you know, it's become a big deal to be put on the Vibe channel and want to be on there. So anything that you can do from constant updates, visually, audio, however you want to do it, people need to be tied to one another and you start to know and encourage each other and be able to push that. That's just the world we live in. It is the the element of our, our younger employees. It's what they, they are geared towards, what they want to see. They want to feel like they are needed, they're valued, they're important. Um, and that tends to be more important than what we pay them, honestly. They, they just want to feel that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. That's so cool. So having a vibe channel really can like drive empowerment of employees because we can be sharing stories like over the channel that helps with engagement, you know, so that they're understanding like the meaning and purpose behind what they're doing and just overall communication. Am I hitting on that? Like that can really tie into that as a tool. Absolutely. I think however you, however you choose to do it, I, I think it definitely will, will help to have something along those lines that employees are, are constantly able to interact and you're able to, in a, in a public setting, congratulate and put their name in lights a little bit, I think is always going to be something important to do. Very cool. How do listeners learn more about getting a Vibe channel for their office? Yeah. So the, the company is called Vibonomics and, um, we are, our focus is really on brick and mortar businesses across the country that, uh, want to speak to their customers as if they're standing right next to them. So that's been our focus where we've actually found a little bit of traction just organically is we've started rolling out into offices that want to have a little vibe in their space. So people are able to pick the music that's playing throughout the day in their offices. Um, we have different days that they, they pick and we customize and help you uh, deliver the right music and, and for the time. But then throughout the day, you're also able to type into your software, whatever you want to say, and it will play within minutes from a professional voice talent, you'll start hearing things. So it's like you have your own radio station and every business anytime you want it. And we have hundreds and hundreds of professional voice talents throughout the country that will record, produce, and put it right back up on your system within a matter of minutes. So it's, it's fun to play with. It can get dangerous if you don't put rules around it, but uh, we've had a good time playing with it. 
Yeah, what a neat uh, tool to integrate into our culture. Thanks for sharing that. And Brent, these shows go so fast. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, and then we're going to come back with what we call the lightning round. It's just a couple questions to get to know a little bit more about the personal side of Brent Oakley. So we'll be right back. Custom Concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means that extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. All right, Brent, so I know that you're an avid reader, so this is a fully loaded question. What's one book that you would pick out and recommend to our listeners today? Uh, 40X. Four Disciplines of Execution. Awesome. If you could think of one attribute that you would say is at the top of your list when you're hiring someone to add to your team, what is that attribute? I would say uh, that that they have a history of being socially involved and some kind of leadership qualities that they've they've led teams and they have a complete direct, like that's, that's their focus is they want to be a leader in, in teams and, and jump out and, and do things. Uh, do you have a favorite vacation spot? I do, uh, Charleston. And how about a hobby that we'd find you doing when you're not working? Playing tennis. And finally, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today, Brent? Yeah, I'd love for them to send me an email at brent, B-R-E-N-T dot O at vibonomics.com. That's V-I-B-E-N-O-M-I-C-S. All right, Brent, your stories and the example you set as a leader is energizing. Thank you so much for your time and sharing today on Gut Plus Science. This brings us to the truth you can act on section where my job is to summarize some key takeaways and really challenge you as listeners to at least take something and go start a conversation or try something new in your organization. So um, a couple things. Number one, be a player's coach. For your employees to want to better themselves, they have to be empowered to learn about their role, their business, and their industry, instill this desire for personal development by emphasizing the importance of continuing education like every single day. Um, Number two, set the tone. So we all know that meetings are a necessity, but they often last too long and become unfocused. So try forming shorter, more frequent, informal sessions to complement your weekly updates. So these various tones of conversation will promote promote like more greater productivity and accountability and just more energy in that meeting process. Uh, Number three, so make yourself greater. As a leader in your business, your walk is just as important as your talk. Are you living the example of the culture you want to create? So don't let your title stand alone as like the credibility is in your leadership, whether it is hiring a business coach, reading books, soliciting feedback, putting the energy into furthering your abilities as a leader is so key. And number four, foster the big picture. So feeling connected, it's like a basic need of every human and it drives our daily ambitions and our want to you know, be part of this greater thing that we're doing as a team for our organization. So create a workplace environment that embraces connectivity and encouragement to grow the emotional ownership of your employees to the business and one another. So with that, another Gut Plus Science episode on the books, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.
We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.